Crossengage Podcast. Hi, this is Michael from Crossengage. Welcome to this new episode of our podcast. Today we will do a deep dive into best practices in customer retention for different companies and industries, the right approaches, the requirements and the benefits. We invited an expert with a passion for marketing and a growing enthusiasm for CRM. I'm really happy to have Christoph Szymanski at our microphone today. Coming from the marketing field, he became head of customer engagement at Project A, one of our investors. After more than five years advising many growing companies, he is now CRM lead at Get Your Guide, an all-in-one booking platform for tours and activities for holiday makers. If you want to hear and see more of Christoph, you can meet him on March 20 at the Heroes of CRM Conference 2020, Germany's largest CRM conference, which is taking place in Berlin again this year. Don't miss your chance to grab a ticket at heroesofcrm.com. Using the code HERO2020, you get 25% off until the end of February. And now enjoy the interview. Hi, Christoph. You are definitely very committed to customer relationship management, but why? Because it's more beneficial for the business or more beneficial for the customers? Hey, so thanks. Uh, first of all, thanks for, thanks for having me. Happy to, uh, happy to talk. Uh, and I think, I think it's actually important from both perspectives because if you think about it, like customer engagement on CRM, however we want to define it, it's definitely a crucial area for business, like that should be a crucial area for businesses nowadays. But also when you think about what it should focus on, it actually should focus on a customer. So actually the, C the goal of CRM manager is to make the customer's life easier and like to connect the customer to the brand in an effective way. Um, you started first in, in marketing, right? And then slowly moved on in your uh, career to uh, customer relationship management. What was um, basically the reason you moved to CRM? Yeah, I think that's a, that's, a good, that's a good question. I was actually thinking about it some time ago because uh, I started as a, let's say, self-grown marketer and slash entrepreneur. I don't want to use like the overuse the entrepreneur word, but I was actually having my own projects uh, in the past and I had to do everything when it comes to marketing. So like uh, ads and um, both basically on the retention and on the acquisition side. Uh, and I realized that CRM or, or customer engagement is extremely interesting to work in because you actually combine the analytical part of, um, of being a marketer with a creative part. And I think there are certain areas where one of those is like way more prominent. And I actually believe that, that in CRM, only the good combination of both can, can work out. And if you want to have like a great CRM team, you need to have both of these skills within your team, meaning like you need to be very strong on a data side. You need to be able to analyze patterns. You need to be able to notice things. You need to be able to come up with like fresh, good ideas. But you also need to be creative when it comes to like what kind of campaigns you want to send, um, how to actually surprise your customers, how to put the smile on their face, uh, and you cannot do it just with numbers. You said putting a smile on customer's face. Do you have an example, um, maybe even one that influenced you a lot uh, in your career that was, yeah, basically... Yeah, so I think what I, what I really like and, and how I also think about CRM is this, let's say, milestones marketing. So I think 
nowadays there is a little bit too much pressure on CRM to actually generate revenue. And I think what's really important to remember is that R in CRM doesn't actually stand for revenue, it stands for the relationship. And you cannot build relationship if you only ask someone for money. Imagine like people around you, right? So if you only need something from someone, like that's probably not going to be a healthy relationship. If you want to build a healthy relationship, it has to work both ways. So you need to be able to ask sometimes, but like the majority of time you actually should be able to give. And I can think of, I can think of some examples of, of companies doing it and it might not be it may not be tied so closely to, let's say, marketing campaign, email campaign or push notification uh, campaign or so, but actually on the general direction of where company is going when actually you provide something for the customer that he benefits from and that actually um, like provides some kind of interesting content, uh, as ideally shareable. So think of Spotify, right? They're doing it in a great way because they actually spend time into like analyzing your patterns, like presenting it in a shareable way. So this year in review is a great example of how you could actually do good CRM. And many people may not actually see that as a CRM, but it is CRM. Think of Fitbit, right? Like they, these guys actually like will put the milestone on the amount of steps you took, the amount of floors you climbed, the amount of kilometers you made. They'll give you like special badges of like, instead of saying you walked 2000 kilometers, they'll say you walked like a, um, length of India, right? Like, what is more sticky? Obviously, the the the, the, the second one. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it's I think it's extremely uh, important to think about how you could connect your product to something that your customer could actually um, like benefit from, but also be proud of, uh, or like be actually happy to share it. And if you're able to find these things, like just just do it. And, and don't only think about revenue because I believe always that like a revenue is a natural consequence of the deep deepness, let's say, of a relationship you have, the depth of a relationship you have with your customer. You just mentioned Fitbit and Spotify. Do you think there's a reason why companies focus more on short-term financial goals rather than really building up a relationship with their customers? Uh, yes. So, you know, I've been working for almost six years for a venture capital in Berlin, right? So, unfortunately... We live in the world where the, like many companies have to live up to the certain expectations, and I mean like certain expectation when it comes to like the valuation, certain expectation when it comes to revenue goals for a certain month, quarter, and so on. And unfortunately, it's relatively easy when you know your customer base and when you've done some kind of campaigning. It is relatively easy to generate short-term revenue using CRM campaigns because you you have access to all your customers. If there is anyone who is willing to give you more money that's rather going to be your current customers than like someone who haven't even heard about you. So you, the companies tend to, to basically go into the, the trap of like trying to like use CRM or like use uh, CRM campaigning into generating this short-term revenue because they need it. Uh, but that's like not a very sustainable way of doing it because you also like your customers may get used to you offering a discount uh, and also the thing is like what like how are you present how do you want to present your product like are you actually want to present your product as something that uh, that like is able to offer constant discounts or voucher codes and so on or do you actually want to compete on this relationship building side or the value providing side 
Is there any way to measure or observe this? I guess you did this a lot in the past, that companies go the wrong way and just focus on short-term effects rather than really focusing on a long-term strategy? I think, I think that needs a lot of support from the management, unfortunately. So you need to have... How I, always, how I, how I think about it is there's going to be no one in the organization, in my opinion, who should care, or like there is no one in the organization who should care more about your long-term vision and long-term goals and building relationship with customer than CRM. Because if you think of all the other channels, if you think of like acquisition, if you think of like CFOs, if you think of founders and so on, these people will always want to deliver on their promises. And we know that, that quite often it's not that easy to deliver on like exact targets and deliver on promises. So if there is anyone who should push back, that's actually CRM. So it's a, I think it's very important For, for the founders to find people who have this vision, who understand it very well, and who can actually push back from time to time and saying like, hey, like we could do that, but like, does it actually make sense when we think about our customer relationship in the long run? Right now, yeah. Um, is there something that's easy to change from your experience when you observe that there is not a real focus, or is it quite challenging, especially when management is involved? I think it's quite challenging, and I think the reason why it's challenging is because, as I said, it's relatively easy to generate additional revenue in the short term with, right. with CRM campaigns. But I think that's also a big task for the CRM managers to be able to find balance between these two things. Because I'm not saying that like you shouldn't be doing it at all. Sure. I'm saying that if you do that, like you should also think of like, does this campaign need to go to everyone? Should it go to our best customers? Like. Should we like just blast it to our to our entire list, or should we maybe think of like having a specific voucher campaigns that are actually targeted for a certain group that maybe needs it, or like maybe you know for for them it would make sense. And and on the other hand, basically every quarter when you think about like how you plan your time, you should think about doing things that don't necessarily bring immediate, bring immediate revenue, but actually that contributes to that contributes to to, to the relationship building that we that we just talked about. Yeah, and then I guess there's not just internal processes that may be a challenge, but it's also the market itself that's a challenge, especially nowadays where lots of things change around customer centricity. What's for you the most important or one of the most important trends uh, that influences companies nowadays? Yeah, I think like building a holistic view of your customer and understanding the preferences when it comes to How do they want to be contacted? When do they want to be contacted? With what kind of message should they be contacted? This is extremely difficult. So like, I'm, I'm spending a lot of my time thinking about it because I believe that's the area where you could make a huge difference. Uh, because it's so easy to set up, like, okay, it's not super easy, but it's, let's say it's relatively easy to set up an email campaign, build a segment, and, and schedule it. But like, we see what's happening to open rates. We know how we're interacting with emails. The fact that it works shouldn't actually mean that that's where you put like your entire energy, right? Depending on the business, depending on like, depending on the um, on the industry you're in, depending on like the type of business you you're offering, you need to be able to go beyond that. Like, you need to be able to understand, like, if the certain user, like, what are the preferred communication channels. What is the preferred frequency of communication that, that people have? And, you know, nowadays we already have these data points. It's just really making sense of it is difficult. Yeah. Do you observe this, that the companies are really struggling finding more than an average approach to, for example, reactivate customers or sending out newsletters? 
Um, does it happen already, or is it really bad? Yeah, definitely. So, so like most companies that I've worked with, they, they definitely struggle with it. And I think what's what's important to mention also is that in CRM, I believe you should try to go as far from average as possible. Because, like, let me give you a simple example. When you when you try to set up a reactivation campaign, and you you contact your BI team and you say, hey, give me an average days between first and second order for people who had at least two orders, right? And they, they send you back the number of 30 days. That means that you may have, of course, it's not going to be like this, but like it means that theoretically you have many people, or like let's say plus minus half of people that order shorter than 30 days and half of the people that, that needs like more time. That means that if you try to take an average and like send this sure. message to them, you won't be exact, or like you won't be actually... Um, correct for majority of them. So, so what would be your approach then? To, so, to... like, really think about spending more time in understanding it, but doing it on a more individual level. So, for example, you could calculate the amount of days needed for like order based on like a specific product that you ordered, right? And then you could have it in a in a in a column format, and then you could have like, let's say, you could start with, let's say, free. So instead of having an average, you go like if you if you have products that you that people tend to run out of shorter, you have like a certain automation. Then you have like the one for middle, the one for for longer time. Uh, but you really try to you should try to get as close to the individual needs of customers because every single message is you, message you send that is irrelevant for people that actually comes in the wrong time, like that's a big disadvantage in your future communication because people will remember it. They will remember that this message came way too early or way too late or that it just didn't make sense in their in, in, the, in, the current, uh, in the current state. Uh, and the likelihood of them actually opening and engaging with your next message also drops down drastically. Yeah, sure. You, you just mentioned, that of course, it depends on, the, for example, the product people bought, but maybe it also depends on like what kind of service you offer in general, how big your company is, um, what kind of organization you are. Do you observe differences, whether you talk to really small startups that just start with CRM and, and huge enterprises maybe that also struggle? Is there a basic difference or should they actually follow more or less the same strategies? I think what's I think what's important here is that m most companies they don't spend enough time into like giving more context into their products and giving basically more context to what customers should expect from the communication that is coming. What I mean by that is that most companies focus on this transactional conversion driven um, campaigns and I believe that you actually need to like provide a bit of context, like kind of introduce yourself in a nice way to only then ask for, for the next thing. Uh, and thinking about like bigger, smaller companies, I think the smaller the company, the more time they should actually invest in building this relationship because like your current customers, this is the core, like everyone should be grateful, like every small company should be grateful for the customers they have because these were the people who were willing to actually invest money before you know they were in a scale where it kind of becomes more more natural or basically before you figure out Google algorithms so well that you just yeah. get so much money from SEA. Yeah. So so I think the smaller the company the more time they should put into this like to show the appreciation, show the trust and then only ask for uh, for the next desired action. Yeah. 
And then I guess it also depends on the type of vertical they're in, whether it's a subscription model, whether it's a really one big deal once uh, every couple of years uh, company uh, based on that. Um, is there some best practices you can share with us uh, for, for different verticals? Yeah, so I think this is like this is a very this is a very difficult part because basically every business would have its unique CRM strategy or like should have the unique CRM strategy. So to be honest, like I've been involved probably in like 20 or so projects during my, my time at Project A. I was involved in a lot of companies where like we've been trying to to help them and to take their CRM to the next level. And there was not a single case where we could basically say, okay, just do what these guys are doing. Because there will be always differences in like the the frequency between orders. There will be there will be differences in like the customer um, the demographics and so on. What kind of channels they are using? What are the preferred ways? Like what what is the how the communication should be should be structured? What should be the desired frequency and so on? So I think we would probably need to go more like case by case or really like focus on one uh, on one special let's say like industry or type of business to to go a little deeper into it because we cannot compare a typical e-com to the subscription model because by default they're so sure. different from the CRM uh, CRM point of view sure is there there maybe one uh, area that you like most or where you think that uh, a good setup in CRM makes even more sense and where we can share some best practices so so i think you know we could talk a bit about like the businesses that need to generate more order than one in, within, let's say, a year to, to actually be profitable, right? Yeah. So what's what's happening is that the majority of venture-backed companies, they don't make money on the first order. So the majority of, of businesses, actually, when they acquire customers, they, they are actually, uh, they, they are negative at the end of the day. And then if you don't have a good CRM machine that, first of all, ensures the customer that they made the right choice. You know, first of all, you need to have a good product, right? So like, let's make this right. Because if you have a bad product, like your CRM will probably not help you. But if you have a product that people expect, uh, and if you could actually make a difference on the, on the communication side, on building this relation, I think that's where the magic happens, let's, let's say. So what I would suggest, what I would actually suggest is to think about what are the natural touch points that you sh can have with your customer? And, you know, the natural touch points could be someone has registered for a newsletter. How do you welcome them? How do you draft these first couple of messages? How do you uh, design them? It could be someone is doing the first transaction, right? And then really spend time, and it should be as much time as, as possible for it, like spend time with your, with your CRM team and, and think about how could we make each of these touch points that anyway happens. So that could be, the first touch point could be welcome email for the newsletter subscription. That could be the first newsletter campaign that it comes. Should it actually be the regular newsletter that everyone is getting? Or maybe should the first two newsletters be designed separately for new customers to actually present your company in a good way? If you think about customers, right? So majority of companies, they would get the subscribers during the checkout process. So they will actually have people making the first transaction, subscribing to the newsletter or to email communication or any other communication, and then, uh, and then the CRM will start. How could we make this initial first week? How could we fill the time between them 
ordering something and waiting for the for the product to arrive? How could we make sure that they are happy with the product they received? And what I dislike is that I see everyone doing the same. So there's like either companies don't do anything or like they just do things like they just have like a first random email and so on. Yeah. Uh, but there are so little companies who could actually surprise people with like what they offer, right? So there, there are a lot of tools where um, where you could actually make emails more interactive, where you could like have a personalized videos in the first email, where you could actually they are they are tools which actually allows you to to have like a your first name, let's say first name of your customer that is um, like kind of incorporated into the top banner and so on. These are not super expensive things. These are not things that are extremely simple because you need to find a tool, you need to find a way to integrate it to your communication. But I think the benefit of having it, the benefit of actually surprising customers in this initial moment is really important if you want to if you want to focus on the relationship building. Yeah, that will be a positive thing uh, to see if more companies actually care about these simple steps that actually make an impact. Mm -hmm. Now talking maybe about things companies do wrong. Um, in one of your speeches, you mentioned that um, there's a misconception about whether you should focus on your happy customers or your unhappy customers. What is the problem here? Yeah, so this is also an interesting part because I think it comes from the like it's a little bit it comes a little bit from like the psychological way of thinking so if you're a if you're like a founder if you if you work for a marketing and so on like people try to make everyone happy and and i don't think like so there are actually there is actually a very interesting research so if um if someone wants to hear or read a little bit more about it i recommend the book the power of moment which explains a little bit more about why it actually doesn't make that much sense to focus on like your most unhappy or like let's say unhappy customers you'll always have people who are not fully satisfied with the service or product that you offer but these people you could turn them around and i think there is a potential of actually uh, hugging your haters how how some people say and like changing them or like twisting them to the brand ambassadors but, but i think you need a certain scale and, and yeah. like you you may want to think of like a machine that is actually doing it or like a certain automation that is doing it, but it's not easy. Uh, I think what you should actually do is focus on people who are happy and to like increase their happiness. And I think that the other part about it that is really important is I had countless number of, of discussions where we said, okay, what about our VIP customers? Like what should we do to like make our VIP customers even more happy and so on? Like how I look at it is that Your VIP customers are extremely important. You should definitely like make them feel appreciated. But these are quite often the people that you already like. You're already squeezing them to to more or less like last drop. Like I don't want to say to the last drop because probably there is always a bit of potential. But if you think about your VIP customers and when you think, do they really need more incentives? Do they really need more reasons to to use you? They are your like best customers. You should actually understand what makes them good customers and try to use these learnings for the groups that are a little bit under. So if you, let's say, you divide your, your entire customer group into five groups and your group number five is your VIP customers, I would try to generate learnings from the group five and apply them to group three and four because that's how you grow your business. It's very difficult to take so much more and to squeeze so much more from already your best performing customers without changing the product. And there's also another reason you mentioned that uh, a happy customer, of course, shares his experiences with other people, which is like unpaid advertising for your product or company or service. Exactly. Um, And this is also maybe just one very quick, quick thing of that. Mm -hmm. If you want your best customers to share 
something positive about you, you should surprise them. You should find a way to surprise them. And it could be surprising them with personalized video. It could be surprising them with offline mailing. It could be surprising them with like a special gift with their next order that they really didn't expect because providing like a decent level of service doesn't make people actually talk about you. Like if you think about what do you share, like what do you talk about with people? Like you talk to people about things, like especially when you talk about companies, you talk about things that were unexpected. So you should really actually invest time into designing the moments that are unexpected from the customer point of view. Yeah, of course, those are the ones that will actually stay in mind and make people remember that you are the cool company providing those special moments, yeah. whereas others fail or just like doing this. And I, I really don't think it's that difficult. I just think it requires like a bit of time, a bit of creative power, like brain power, let's say, uh, and like a um, strong execution. And now imagine a company actually takes the time and creativity and execution to, to improve their CRM, even just a little bit. What kind of outcomes, uh, looking at numbers now, um, can you expect when people, uh, companies start changing things? Yeah, so first of all, you need to be patient. Because depending on the business, you know, not everyone has a business like, I know, let's say Foodspring, that, which theoretically could have like a pretty solid expectation when it comes to repeat behavior, right? Currently, I'm at Get Your Guide, uh, which is the company selling travel activities, right? It's very difficult to predict in which frequency people would travel. There might be so many reasons why people cannot travel at the moment. They might be sick, they might be getting married, they might just get a new job. There might be so many things. Uh, and that means that you need to invest into building a relationship that whenever people actually think about the next trip, you're the company that, that comes naturally to, to, to their mind. But I think, first of all, you need to believe in it. So you need to believe in it that building a long-lasting relationship will have an impact on the CLV of the customer. Um, and second of all, you can measure it, right? So whatever you, whatever you do, if you want to do, if you come up with these creative ideas that we mm -hmm. discussed, if you say, hey, let's have an appreciation Christmas campaign for our top 5% five, five customers, Uh, you could like put a group aside and you could send it to 90% of people or 80% of people. You could keep the other people aside and you could like build a long cohorts and like let's say for, for the next year yeah. and see if that, if that worked out. But you know, there is also this aspect that sometimes bothers me in, in like the startup ecosystem and like a VC world and so on that everyone wants to have numbers everyone wants to have like what is the ROI of this like what is our conversion rate are we increasing the CLV and so on I believe in CRM there is a certain like there is a certain part of business that should be actually more common sense so if you put five smart people in a room and you discuss something and and if you say do we actually believe it's a good idea do we believe that our customers will like it if the answer is yes like I'll just do it Because you don't have to measure and then don't need numbers to prove that this was the right thing yeah. to do. Because yeah. then the question is also, do you actually really want to put like a group, like percentage of your best customers to don't receive this thing that you actually want to, like you want to show the gratitude to your best customers, like just do it. Like, do you believe that it can actually harm, hurt your brand? Like, do you believe that you can actually make your number worse with these people by doing it? If the answer is no, then I would just do it. And I would just say, this is a part of CRM. There are other teams. There is like a customer acquisition team Uh, that, you know, they, they need to work on numbers. And for them, this is like, you know, basically the, the, the truth lies in numbers. In CRM, there is a certain level of 
freedom yes. maybe freedom yeah. there should be a certain level of freedom there should be certain level of trust in actually doing good things and like surprising your your customers and just honestly genuinely believing in it that it will pay off and like speaking of from, from my experience like i would definitely believe that it pays off especially in the long run i guess yes yeah so now coming from all the examples you mentioned about companies uh, you worked with and maybe to your own uh, experience i guess there's also lots of uh, great experiences you had what's the most impressive one with a real company that's a good question because i i actually do have some but i'm, I'm trying to think which company lately um, like really impressed me i think it it's it becomes a bit more difficult to impress me because I'm deep into the topic. So I understand, like, when I'm getting an offline mailing, I know exactly how it works and so on. When I think about the company that is doing it right, I wouldn't say they're doing it great, but they're doing it right. It's probably, like, American Express is a good example because these are the guys that they really show appreciation to their customers and they really have like a communication that goes beyond email campaigns and so on. So I think you need to, first of all, you need to think about your business model and you need to think about like, what are you actually offering? And then you should think about what could enrich basically the, the experience between or like what could make my relationship with a certain brand stronger. Uh, and I think that let's say, the very extensive uh, offline communication, but also offline communication that doesn't feel very intrusive and it actually feels to me that it actually adds value. Um, American Express, I think, is, is an interesting example. Do you remember a certain campaign there or why did you come up with American Express as an so example now? It, it, it came to my mind right now because, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of great examples lately when it comes to like very creative email campaigns or push slash in-app messaging campaigns that would like make me think I said make me think from the marketer perspective what what did they do like how, how does it work of course you uh, have a little bit higher expectations here uh, yeah definitely definitely I I, I know I know yeah. uh, but uh, I think what Amex is doing pretty well is they actually team up with like a lot of different brands to create like a campaigns for their customers for like their their users customers however we want to we want to call it so you know they do that regularly um, they do that with they do that with Hilton they do that with PayPal they do that with like other partners where they basically try to encourage people or like give them some other incentives to use the to to use their product uh, i think that's quite good and and you know this is pretty interesting because i didn't think about it from this perspective but now that we're talking the things that stood out for me were also things that were not delivered um, via email or via push and so on. There is just so much noise. Like mm -hmm. companies are becoming wiser, and even though they're not, like not all of them are doing an amazingly great job. Like many of them cover some kind of basics. And right now, with all the tricks of like getting marketing opt-ins and so on, and like all the regulations and gray zones in like sending product recommendation emails and so on, I think if you really want to stand out, you should try to think beyond email and beyond the channels that are so crowded that it is just difficult to stand out. And if you want to stand out in those channels, like really try to think out, out of the box and really try to say like, you know, how could we make this email stood out from like all the emails that uh, that people are receiving. 
since you're so hard to impress now, is there maybe a negative example you want to share with us where you're really like embarrassed how bad a company can actually send out messages? So I don't want to say it's a bad example, but I don't like companies overdoing it with frequency. Yeah. And the, the, the interesting part is that when you talk to people, like when you talk to CRM people and when you talk to people who've been like in big companies and so on, the number one rule in a way is like more emails equals more money. So you could theoretically say that even if you could like increase your unsubscribe rate and so on, when you have a healthy business, when you have like a daily growth of your, of your subscribers list, there's probably like sending more emails will probably not hurt you that much. But that's also like, that's exactly, we're coming back to, to what we've discussed in the beginning. Right. Who, if not CRM, should actually own this communication? If you look at the number of emails booking.com is sending, because I did like a one-night booking in Milan, because I'm going to see the game, it's ridiculous, right? Wow. And I know that they, so it's funny because for some reason I still don't unsubscribe. I'm not sure if I'm not unsubscribing because... I'm doing it from the CRM perspective where I kind of still want to be a part of this or because I would never unsubscribe for You're whatever reason. You're just curious, reason. I guess. Yeah. You want to see what happens. I'm just, like, I'm, I just disagree with people who say, like, more emails equals more money and, like, we should just send more and so on. Because if you think about it, then you start thinking only from the business perspective and, and the CRM, the good CRM manager actually stands in the middle between like understanding the business needs and fulfilling them, but also understanding the customer's needs and trying to actually uh, build a healthy relationship that doesn't like overdo it. Yeah, of course, frequency is a really crucial topic here. So, Christoph, thank you so much for your time and your answers. And uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me and happy to come back anytime. Cross Engage Podcast. Podcast.